Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast brought to you, of course, by eToro. And I'm Sam North, the trading school lead here in the UK. And as always, joined by Josh Gilbert, the main man out in Sydney, Australia. Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, Sam. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. We were just, just before we got on air, we were talking about the Arsenal-Liverpool game. So we don't need to bring it up in the podcast now, right? Well, we might just have to drop in the result that Liverpool be Arsenal four nil, um, <laughs> and we can leave it there. I won't, I won't put the pain in too much. Yeah, let's move on. I mean, the fact that you said it was uh, it was raining all weekend in Australia makes me feel a little bit better that it's like four degrees today. Uh, in I'll tell you the what we'll do. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll show you this. This could be for the for the for the for the YouTube listeners and and for anybody that's not listening on YouTube. That is the rain in Australia for the next few weeks. Uh, so I don't know if you can see that, Sam, but <laughs> it's just rain uh, for the next two weeks. So, you know, move to Australia, they said. It's always sunny, <laughs> they said. So, yeah, there we go. But that makes me feel a little bit better, to be honest. Um, on, the, on the podcast this week, so there's a, f- a few things we can discuss. I think last, I think it was Monday, wasn't it? Jerome Powell being reappointed Fed chair. So we can discuss that, what we think that means for markets. Uh, an update on crypto. Of course, spent a few days below 60k uh, for Bitcoin, so that'd be something worth worth talking about. Uh, and then, well, depending when people are listening, but tomorrow, Thursday is, is Thanksgiving in the US, so that sort of effect on markets, I think, is worth bringing up as well. Yep, sounds good to me. Yep, sounds uh, sounds like we got a bit to cover as as usual. Super, super. So on Monday, as mentioned, um, Biden gave. Jerome Powell the nod uh, and I was saying to Ben later on, on Monday it was quite interesting how uh, if it was Donald Trump that was in charge of this it would be almost like a boxing match between Brainard and Powell he would have done Twitter polls he would have done everything it was it was uh, you know a lot more sort of straightforward having Biden there even though it dragged on for a while uh, but on the on the headline S&P spiked higher the Dow spiked higher Nasdaq spiked higher probably just as that uncertainty went away which markets obviously hate uncertainty so that sort of made sense uh and then into the the close on monday stocks came lower um and i i mean tech came under the most pressure and i can understand the reasons for this you know we're, we're now pricing in two hikes next year uh, but i can't help but think it was a bit overdone and i know we sold off a little bit yesterday as well so i want to know what your views do you agree with that do you do you not do you actually think there's more to come to the downside uh, do you think it's just one of those weeks where, with it being Thanksgiving, the markets are just acting a bit, I don't know, unusual? Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say it's a bit overdone. Um, you know, Thanksgiving, sort of half-day Black Friday as well nowadays. Markets close a little bit earlier. Um, I'll touch it on in a minute, but we had um, sort of the, the Treasury curve steep and had uh, sort of the 10-year yield rise over the last few days as well. So there's a little bit, I think, into it, which has obviously helped um sort of well not helped but has seen sort of the, the sort of market come off a little bit particularly the nasdaq's down probably the worst in the last sort of five or so days down about 1.24 percent 
Um, the S&P is not too bad, 0.22% as well. But yeah, I think ultimately, if we go back to sort of the J Powell decision, I think it's, like you say, a bit of a relief for investors. You know, they didn't want to see that change of leadership during this sort of current raging inflation debate, if you like. I think it ultimately provides stability for investors, gives markets something less to worry about um, in a market where we do have quite a bit to worry about ultimately. Um, and I think if he wasn't, re-elected um we would have seen a probably a bigger reaction from markets and probably a bigger sell-off just ultimately because of that uncertainty again we're going into then a um a new time of a new federal reserve chair and we don't know what to sort of expect so i think that would have caused a bit of a larger sell-off you know inflation is higher than expected virus cases rising again we've got the federal government debt ceiling that needs to be increased very soon so like i say that i think overall investors are probably happy that they haven't got to contend with with anything else right now like i say there's uh there's a fair bit to contend with but on on the other hand bernard was seen as slightly more dovish as sort of than Powell. um so that could that could have given equity markets a bit of a boost on the other side i've been reading a few things from some of the top economists in the u.s who were sort of saying that you know with with sort of her dovish approach um, Renard sort of would have, um, you know, focused maybe more on growth, and, and that could have been a positive for for stocks. But ultimately, like I say, I think I think Jay Powell was, um, you know, the, the the right choice, and he's been rewarded for obviously helping what some would say is, you know, rescuing the U.S. economy ultimately from what was the pandemic. And now they're obviously going to set him that big task of protecting the recovery from, um, you know, surging these sort of consumer prices. And um, you know, we'll see policies continue. Um, and, and that means we might see an acceleration of that tapering, um, possibly in December in the next Federal Reserve meeting, especially when we have inflation running this hot. So that'll be interesting to sort of watch. But as I, say, I think we can probably put it down to a number of things. We've got rise in COVID cases, set a bit of fear into the market earlier in the week, really. Um, that didn't help. Austria back into lockdown. Europe as a whole struggling with cases. I saw the UK, about 45,000 cases a day at the moment. That's near sort of record highs, I think. Um, you know, reopening stocks got pretty hit pretty hard on the back of that. Airbnb were down about 14% in the last sort of week. Um, you know, so some of those sort of bigger names in, in the um, reopening sector were hit pretty hard. And then we also saw, as I say, um, the 10-year the, the yield rise by about six basis points, um, up to about 6.8%, 1.68%, sorry, uh, which then obviously dampened the sentiment slightly um, on growth stocks as well. So, yeah, a bit mixed overall in the markets. But like I say, we, we've been trading at record highs for, <laughs> for quite a while. So I don't think we can be too disappointed to, to pull back by a percent or so in the last sort of five days. So. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes you just need a little bit of perspective uh, and the bigger zoom picture. Out, we? Zoom out. If in doubt, zoom out. Um, let's let's move on to crypto then. Um, so, how do you feel things are holding up at the moment? Um, obviously, we had that break below sixty k. Uh, we've had the the metaverse, cryptos, love life at times, and then not uh, the question about will we or won't we get that hundred k by the end of the year is, is obviously a heated debate uh, at the moment. So I need you to be the, the voice of reason for me. What's uh, what's going on? Look, I said earlier in the year on the podcast, I'm not convinced by 100K year end. True. And I'm I'm still not. There's um, receipts but, of that. Yeah. Look, don't get me wrong. I'd love to see 100K Bitcoin by the end of the year. I, I'm a huge advocate of Bitcoin crypto assets. Uh, I think DeFi is, is going to change the financial system. Um, 
look, I think a lot of people would also love to see 100k Bitcoin by the end of the year. But as I say, I'm, I'm just not sure. I'm not a Bitcoin maxi. Uh, I'm a market analyst, so my job <laughs> is to have both sides of the market as a view. So, you know, I, I take both elements. And I think we do sometimes see a nice little rally around Thanksgiving. If we go back to sort of 2017, when we first, you know, really had uh, that retail boom, um, that was a huge rally then. That's when we sort of really saw it take off. So I could be eating my words come next week. Um, and again, that's on record as well. So <laughs> there we go. Um, but again, yeah, I think we've got a little bit of fear in the market right now. You know, we tend to see a bit of profit taking in crypto when there are you know, these quick run ups, which is what we've seen, right? We just saw Bitcoin hit a new all time high of 69,000, what, going back into two weeks ago, a week ago. I'm um, just looking at the chart there. And, you know, so Bitcoin has climbed about 50% from early October to mid November. That's a nice run in that time, right? And that was obviously a new record high. And where else can you get? Uh, in less than a month for 50% gain in in, uh, in the financial markets. Probably not many uh, assets, to be honest. Um, you've also then got the collapse of, of Mount, Mount Gox Exchange. So this was an exchange that went basically uh, under in 2014. It sort of cast a bit of a long shadow over the crypto market. Um, so to put it in perspective, ultimately what happened is that we saw about $8.5 billion in Bitcoin in sort of value now um, that basically was lost by investors holding on the Mt. Gox exchange. We're talking about 145,000 Bitcoin. So what we're basically like to see is is, is this being paid out um, to investors, the Bitcoin being paid out. So the exact time frames of the payment, we don't actually know. Um, and they're likely to, to take place over a phased manner to obviously try and avoid this sudden impact. But the idea is that as soon as these investors obviously then receive the, this Bitcoin, um, they're obviously going to receive a, you know, a windfall of cash. The price is 100 times higher than, than it was in sort of 2013, 2014. Um, so we're probably going to see a lot of these guys cashing out. Again, yeah. we might not. But again, this is eight and a half billion in the bit in, in Bitcoin in the market. So it's a lot of, of Bitcoin. So if we saw one hundred forty five thousand, you know, one hundred forty five thousand Bitcoin sold off, it's something to contend with. So I think it's just leaving a little bit of a cloud over the market right now. I think it will continue to leave a slight cloud over the market until we sort of see it pass by. It's a little bit like you know Musk with with shares in Tesla, right? You sort of know it's coming, but when it's going to happen. You know, I think what Tesla sold off 10, 11% in it. So, you know, it's sort of there um, and it's just not something you want to sort of contend with. But with that, at least it was sort of the plaster ripped off, done. We know it's happened. You know, then it's moved on to new record highs since. So, you know, overshadowing, but I think I'm going to stick with, with uh, what we had in the, the second half of the year review. I think it was about sort of 64, 65,000. I'm going to stay with that. Maybe a new record high around there, maybe 70,000. Uh, that's going to be sort of my pick around that sort of time. So, Yeah, we'll, we'll have to review those second half of the year predictions. I wonder how many uh, people, as we go into talk about Thanksgiving now, I wonder how many people are going to be sitting around that table talking about their last year in crypto and, and how they haven't gone back to work because they made so much money yeah. in the stock market as well. It's going to be some interesting conversations around that, that dinner table. Um, and, you know, an interesting, I'd love to be a fly on the wall, put it like that on some of those yeah, uh, summer's households. Um, I've got some stats for you. Uh, you know, I like my stats. Um, and before I sort of get your opinion on this holiday season in, in, in general, and why is that important for markets? But holiday retail sales in the US for 2021 are estimated to be 843.4 billion. 
there was 9.8 billion spent on e-commerce in 2020. Walmart's ad spending for the winter season, the holiday sort of season in 2019 is, is 69 million, or was, I should say, 69 million. Amazon, 78 million. You've got to imagine from two years ago, those numbers are higher now. 34% of Americans plan to start online shopping on noon on Thanksgiving Day. You mentioned Black Friday, obviously, the day after. Uh, and I could literally go on forever with these stats. I was on a on a Statista website and I was just going through all of them on Thanksgiving. There's some absolutely fascinating ones. But there's one that really shocked me. Um, the average price of a 10-person Thanksgiving dinner in the US is $48.91. And I thought, what? Is that per person? But that was for 10 people. I couldn't believe how how low that was. Um, anyway, how do you see the, the holiday season playing out? Uh, and why do you think it's an important one for markets? And also, what do you think about that, that 10 person dinner for $48? 10 person dinner for 50 bucks? Whoever took part in that survey is clearly being stingy with their portion size. <laughs> yeah. Give me some more turkey on my plate straight away. That's what um, I reckon. On stats, I obviously, I've got another one for you as well. Also, Statista um, came up this morning. Can sort of tie in with the, the holiday season. Um, I'll throw in Amazon in there as well. But Apple earns $3,000 per second. So it's the net income generated per second. Uh, so $3,000. And Amazon is $833 uh, per second uh, of net wow. income generated. That's, that's huge. Um, so yeah, grind never stops for for those. It doesn't. And I think, uh, we might have said in the past about, you know, AirPods and they make more money in revenue in the year than your Shopify, Snapchats. It's just crazy numbers. But yeah, look, if we look in towards Thanksgiving, I think history shows us that the week of Thanksgiving is usually a pretty positive one, but we've not started so well this week. Uh, S&P, as I say, is down about 0.6%. Um, but many retailers sort of consider Black Friday to be quite crucial you know, to their business annual performance. I think more than ever right now, that's going to be really important. So sometimes investors tend to look at Black Friday sales numbers as a way to sort of gauge the overall state of the entire retail industry. Um, some of them even use it to point towards obviously Q4, but to be honest, I'm not always convinced that you know Black Friday sales are always a, a good lead into um, earnings. I think you know we saw that from Alibaba with singles day earlier this week, good singles day, but actually a pretty poor earnings report all, all in all. Well, actually it was a record singles day. Um, I don't think Alibaba had the best singles day, but again, it was a record singles day, but it didn't, it didn't really go very well for them in earnings. But um, we, we might tend to see increased sort of trading volume and sort of higher returns the day before a holiday or a long weekend, you know, perhaps people because investors maybe getting their last trades in before the stock market closes for the week or we might see the opposite low volumes nobody really wanting to trade around that time especially when it's a you know one and a half day sort of you know sell off then but so US markets are closed on Thanksgiving and then open for the half the day on, on Black Friday um, retail sales print was pretty strong last week wasn't it we had that sort of come through that was better than expected so you'd imagine there's a lot of enthusiasm to sort of get out there and spend I'm a pessimist. I've never been a big fan of Black Friday. If you can put it cheap on Black Friday, why can't we have it cheap all year round? But, <laughs> um, you know, the fear of inflation, I think, as well, might also see consumers, you know, spending a little bit more. Um, you know, we're continuing to see how, you know, X is going to cost us more money down the line. So, you know, if a TV is going to cost you 500 bucks more in, uh, 
you know, in a, in a year, then they don't have to pay more for it in the long term. You know, why would they what, they buy it now rather than later, for example? So I think even if we see a bit of market movement around Thanksgiving, Black Friday, I think the effects are you know, likely to be short-lived and we can probably expect the market to normalise usually in, in no time anyway. Yeah. yeah. But for those that are more active in the sort of the Toro community, sort of day trading, level-to-level stuff, uh, why do you think sort of, uh, this Wednesday, I mean today, to, to Friday, almost best left alone potentially from a sort of a, a, a trading investing point of view, just to follow up. Yes, I mean, particularly from a trading perspective, we're going to see lack of volume in the market. You know, less liquidity is usually going to mean that we're going to see um, less volatility then, right? So less volume tends to usually mean uh, that, that less volatility and less movement in the market. Um, and you normally see that, you know, you don't really want to be hanging on to a trade over a weekend particularly a long weekend for that matter um you know you don't want to be going in on a again we see less liquidity or sorry less volume on a friday because you don't really want to be carrying a trade into the weekend and then coming through on monday and news on the weekend is going to affect your trade on the open right so yeah specifically fridays aren't the most popular day to trade anyway yeah a lot, a lot of traders i speak to they they say if they could only choose three days a week to trade it'd be tuesday wednesday thursday friday obviously people got a, a weekend mode and monday there's no weekly range yet to sort of yeah. to, to have a, a go with i'd like to know the exact stats and i know them are pretty much at the top of my head but i, I think this this week for the s p 500 volume wise is definitely in like the last the the weakest or lowest volume for like the last the the, the, the sort of the the weeks where there's the least volume i think it's in the bottom five along with like christmas to new year maybe one of the summer months but and maybe easter as well uh but yeah what would be interesting is to see if that then maybe flows into crypto because again obviously if you think about it ultimately again it's probably that time of the year when people want to just shut off and maybe not do anything obviously a little bit like christmas but obviously with crypto market being open you know, 24 hours, I wonder if you then tend to see some of that volume then move into into crypto. And I think that's why we've possibly seen a bit of movement around Thanksgiving and crypto in the past. It's even going to go one or two ways, right? It's even going to be low volume like you would usually get mm. with, um, with, with the markets and general stock markets, or you're going to see increased volume and, and then more volatility out of the crypto market because nobody's got anything else to trade other than crypto at that time, so... Yeah, yeah, we'll be interesting to review that in, in next week's podcast. And of course, by then we've we've gone through this sort of quieter period, uh, and we'll probably know the the sort of the true market effect of Jerome Powell being re- renominated. So be be one for us to, to keep an eye on. Uh, anyway, we are on a webinar tomorrow, aren't we? Thursday. So for anyone yeah. listening before then, make sure you you tune into that ten a.m. UK time. Uh, year ahead uh, webinar on themes you can also watch on demand if you're listening to this uh, later on as well so do head over to the eToro Academy where you can uh, watch all the webinars from this year and the year ahead ones just go to the webinar section down the bottom there's loads of stuff on there guides and all the podcasts as well Uh, but we'll be back next week Josh as always it's been a pleasure thank you Sam always good to be here and I hope all of our listeners enjoy the rest of their week Take care, guys. Have a great rest of your week. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.